0: Section 13 of The United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Adrian Stevens. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 13 the mescianza at philadelphia seventeen seventy eight by john f watson the british spent the winter of seventeen seventy seven to seventy eight in philadelphia to pass the time they gave balls and other entertainments the most noted of these was the mescianza the editor this is the appellation of the most splendid pageant ever exhibited in our country footnote this was written in eighteen forty three and footnote if we accept the great federal procession of all trades and professions through the streets of philadelphia in seventeen eighty eight the mescienza was chiefly a tilt and tournament with other entertainments as the term implies and was given on monday the eighteenth of may seventeen seventy eight at wharton's country seat in southwark by the officers of general sir william howe's army to that officer on his quitting the command to return to england a considerable number of our city bells were present which gave considerable offence afterwards to the Whigs, and did not fail to mark the fair as the tory ladies the ill nature and the reproach have long since been forgotten the company began to assemble at three to four o'clock at Knight's wharf at the water edge of green street in the northern liberties and by half past four o'clock in the afternoon the whole were embarked in the pleasant month of may in a grand regatta of three divisions in the front of the whole were three flat boats with a band of music in each of them rowed regular to harmony at this assemblage of vessels progressed barges rowed on the flanks light skimming stretched their awry wings to keep off the multitude of boats that crowded from the city as beholders and the houses balconies and wharves were filled with spectators all along the sides. when arrived at the fort below the swedes church they formed a line through an avenue of grenadiers and light horse in the rear the company were thus conducted to a square lawn of one hundred and fifty yards on each side and which was also lined with troops this area formed the ground for a tilt or tournament on the front seat of each pavilion were placed seven of the principal young ladies of the country dressed in turkish habits and wearing in their turbans the articles which they intended to bestow on their several gallant knights soon the trumpets at a distance announced the approach of the seven white knights habited in white and red silk and mounted on gray charges richly caparisoned in similar colors these were followed by their several esquires on foot besides these there was a herald in his robe these all made the circuit of the square saluting the ladies as they passed and then they ranged in line with their ladies then their herald mr beaumont after a flourish of trumpets proclaimed their challenge in the name of the knights of the blended rose declaring that the ladies of their order excelled in wit beauty and accomplishments those of the whole world and that they are ready to enter the lists against any knights who will deny the same according to the laws of ancient chivalry at the third repetition of the challenge A sound of trumpets announced the entrance of another herald with four trumpeters dressed in black and orange the two heralds held a parley when the black knight proceeded to proclaim his defiance in the name of the knights of the burning mountain then retiring there soon after entered the black knights with their esquires preceded by the herald on whose tunic was represented a mountain sending forth flames and the motto i burn forever these seven knights like the former ones rode round the lists and made their obeisance to the ladies and then drew up fronting the white knights and the chief of these having thrown down his gauntlet the chief of the black knights directed his esquire to take it up then the knights received their lances from their esquires fixing their shields on their left arms and making a general salute to each other by a movement of their lances turned round to take their career and encountering in full gallop shivered their spears in the second and third encounter they discharged their pistols in the fourth they fought with their swords from the garden they ascended a flight of steps covered with carpets which led into a spacious hall the panels of which were painted in imitation of sienna marble enclosing festoons of white marble in this hall and the adjoining apartments were prepared tea lemonade etc to which the company seated themselves at this time the knights came in and on their knee received their favours from their respective ladies from these apartments they went up to a ballroom decorated in a light elegant style of painting and showing many festoons of flowers the brilliancy of the whole was heightened by eighty-five mirrors decked with ribbons and flowers and in the intermediate spaces were thirty-four branches on the same floor were four drawing-rooms with sideboards of refreshments decorated and lighted in the style of the ballroom the ball was opened by the knights and their ladies, and the dances continued till ten o'clock when the windows were thrown open, and a magnificent bouquet of rockets began the fireworks. These were planned by Captain Montresor, the Chief Engineer, and consisted of twenty different displays in great variety and beauty, and changing General Howe's arch into a variety of shapes and devices at twelve o'clock midnight. Supper was announced, and large folding doors, before concealed, sprung open and discovered a magnificent saloon of two hundred and ten feet by forty feet and twenty two feet in height, with three alcoves on each side, which served for sideboards. The sides were painted with fine leaves and festoon flowers, and fifty six large pier glasses, ornamented with green silk artificial flowers and ribbons. There were also one hundred branches trimmed and eighteen lustres of twenty-four lights hung from the ceiling there were three hundred wax tapers on the supper tables four hundred and thirty covers and twelve hundred dishes there were twenty-four black slaves in oriental dresses with silver collars and bracelets towards the close of the banquet the herald with his trumpeters entered and announced the king and the royal family's health with other toasts each toast was followed by a flourish of music after the supper the company returned to the ballroom and continued to dance until four o'clock in the morning i omit to describe the two arches but they were greatly embellished they had two fronts in the tuscan order the pediment of one was adorned with naval trophies and the other with military ones Major André, who wrote a description of it, although his name is concealed, calls it the most splendid entertainment ever given by an army to its general. The whole expense was borne by twenty-two field officers. The managers were Sir John Rottlesby, Colonel O'Hara, Majors Gardiner and Montressor. This splendid pageant blazed out in one short night. Next day, the enchantment was dissolved, and in exactly one month, all these knights and the whole army chose to make their march from the city of philadelphia when i think of the few survivors of that gay scene who now exist of some whose sprightliness and beauty are gone i cannot but feel a gloom succeed the recital of the fate i think for instance of one who was then the queen of the Meschianza, since mrs l now blind and fast waning from the things that be to her, I am indebted for many facts of illustration. She tells me that the unfortunate Major Andre was the charm of the company. Lieutenant Andre, his esquire, was his brother, a youth of about nineteen, possessing the promise of an accomplished gentleman. Major Andre and Captain Oliver Delancey painted themselves the chief of the decorations. The sienna marble for instance on the apparent side walls was on canvas in the style of stage scene painting andre also painted the scenes used at the theatre at which the british officers performed the proceeds were given to the widows and orphans of their soldiers the waterfall scene drawn by him was still in the building when it lately burnt she assures me that of all that was borrowed for the entertainment nothing was injured or lost they desired to pay double if accidents occurred the general deportment of the officers was praiseworthy therein there were no ladies of british officers save miss Ochmuti, the new bride of captain montresor the american young ladies present were not numerous not exceeding fifty the others were married ladies most of our ladies had gone from the city and what remained were of course in great demand the american gentlemen present were aged non-combatants our young men were whigs generally and were absent no offence was offered to the ladies afterwards for their acceptance of this instance of an enemy's hospitality when the americans returned they got up a great ball to be given to the officers of the french army and to the american officers of washington's command when the managers came to invite their guests, it was made a question whether the Meschianza ladies should be invited. It was found they could not make up their company without them. They were therefore included. When they came, they looked differently habited from those who had gone to the country, they having assumed the high headdress, etc., of the British fashion. And so the characters, unintentionally, were immediately perceived at a glance through the hall, But lots being cast for partners, they were soon fully intermixed, and conversation ensued as if nothing of jealousy had ever existed, and all umbrage was forgotten. End of section thirteen. This recording is in the public domain.